And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bagels for breakfast this morning. But you know what else I do? I put cucumbers on top of my bagel. So I'll put this jalapeno cream cheese on. Sorry. And then jalapeno cream cheese on cucumbers. Mmm. I'm telling you, it's a great topping. It's crunchy, it's spicy, and it's just yummy. <laughs> Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, June 6th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me here in the Classic Factory, as always, Tass Mellis. The world is very meta. We were just laughing at a guy reacting to somebody putting cream cheese and cucumber on a bagel. Everybody's just reacting to everything. Why don't we just start a channel reacting to reactions? It's a good idea. People will watch it. Fresh out of health and safety protocols, got the Top Shot Hot Boy himself, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Great to have you back, TK. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. And last, certainly not least, finding cold opens like that. Super producer, JD. Didn't. Did Nora send me that one? Who sent me that yeah, one? that was a Nora. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said, this feels like a cold open oh. you guys would use and giggle about while you go live on the air. The she woman. has great instincts. <laughs> she, right, she knows us. Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second, like the video. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Share the show and comment away both in the stream team or below in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us too, at No Dunks Inc. And email in your NBA questions about the NBA or not, to nodunks at theathletic.com. Okay, on today's show, we will do a deep dive, really, on Quinn Snyder stepping down as the Jazz head coach, what that means for, well, who's going to coach the team and the direction of their franchise, and also Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Woj says yeah. he's uh, unnerved. Well, I woke up unnerved down. and unsettled yesterday, but it was from eating too much Chipotle on mm. Saturday. <laughs> you don't want to dip into a burrito at 1 a.m., let me tell you. <laughs> well, you <laughs> could have filmed the video like that <laughs> yeah. one, I guess. Indeed. Wow. Mm. Okay, anyway. It's hard. Chipotle's so hard. So many options. You just want to pick them all, you know? <laughs> Give me one of everything. <laughs> But before we get to uh, Snyder and uh, Burrito Talk and even Tweet of the Night, uh, we had a game two of the NBA Finals on last night, and the Warriors dominated this one. Uh, classic third quarter Warriors. Sure. And then maintained that lead in the fourth. Then we got some garbage time. Warriors beat the Celtics 107-88 to to even the NBA Finals. Tass, where do you want to start with this one? Well, big adjustment for the Golden State Warriors. Play better defense. Mm -hmm. uh, that was huge. The Warriors scored one fewer point than they did in Game 1, but the biggest change was the defensive end. It started with their best defensive player, Draymond Green. You saw it on the first possession, stealing it from Al Horford, causing, it, causing that jump ball. But that was a gotcha. He's not guarding Al Horford. He's going to guard Jalen Brown uh, for a good chunk of this game. And maybe it was because Jalen Brown was so good to start this game, they had to move Draymond over to him. But I'm mm -hmm. sure that was part of the plan because Jalen Brown was so good 
in game one, it just looked like the Warriors didn't really have a lot of good matchups for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Maybe Wiggins can guard one of them, but Jalen was killing Klay Thompson, and who else are you going to put there on him? You know, trying Andre Iguodala, trying a lot of people. He hit four of his first five shots here in game two and then only won the rest of the way. Draymond Green was big. There was that great possession in the second quarter where he stopped three Jalen Brown moves and was able to get a really bad shot from Jalen Brown. So that was a big, uh, big move. Draymond Green on Jalen Brown there. The Celtics had 11 first half turnovers, but this was a really close game at half, surprisingly. Just a two-point game because the Warriors missed layup after layup after layup Mm -hmm. after layup, five to six in that first half. Poole had a really bad spurt there, but it was it was a fun first half. Derek White, a couple big blocks on Poole and Steph Curry, but the, the other Celtics did not go off like they did in Game 1, mainly Horford, Derek White, and, and Marcus Smart. We'll get to them in a sec. So flip the page to the third quarter. As we said, it was a blistering third quarter for the Warriors, <laughs> but, but it was surprising. Looking back, 4.30 left in the third quarter. Still a six-point game. Mm-hmm. It was pretty tight, and that's when Curry went off. They allowed him to go pick and roll, uh, so that kind of prevented a lot of the Celtics' turnovers that happened in the first game. Instead of him running around and having to make more passes to find him, just give him the ball up top uh, and allow him to work some different types of magic. You know, a pick and roll to the middle, pick and roll to the sideline, and he just got hot. And I thought, this wasn't a smiley Steph game. It was a stone-faced as you could get from a Steph game. It wasn't like a it wasn't quite LeBron stone face against the Celtics, but it was there was no smiley, no jumpy. No skipping. No, yeah. yeah, very little of that. But he went off in that third quarter towards the end there, as I said, it's a six point game, but then he started going off. Fourteen point quarter for him. Finished with twenty nine. And then Poole uh came in to finish that third quarter, which was a, a blast to watch because as I said, bad spurt in the first half. People wondering, is he going to play in this series? And and I think he was held out till really late in that third quarter because he was just making bad decisions in the first half, going into traffic. Uh, But he came back, an assist, then a deep three, and then an even deeper three uh, (laughs) from half, just dancing on him. Wild stuff. Steph did smile. He smiled. Mm. He's very smiley at that one. You're very right. And that when I said he was stone-faced, that's the smile that's I thought of. There, there was a smile for somebody else, but no skipping, just came out and, and laughed. Because Poole, yeah, 17 points was uh, the, the second-highest scoring number for the Warriors. Jordan Poole there. This was a dominating win, especially because Wiggins had a bad shooting night. Clay had a bad shooting night. Uh, but they dominated 35-14 in that third quarter, and that was basically it. The Celtics scored 20 and 14 in the middle quarters. They scored 88 points in total, the fewest points they've scored in any of their 20 playoff games. And again, it was just getting into the the Celtics and able to fall back. You know, eventually Brown and Tatum are going to get past your first line of defense, but they were able to take away lobs. Uh, they were able to get in the passing lanes, and they imposed their will on the defensive end. It was a 35-14 third quarter, all she wrote. And I think my last note here uh gary payton the second coming back and helping on tatum and and brown who yeah. looked to be again unstoppable uh really against this golden state warriors team gary payton the second is is so important with iguodala being old clay thompson not looking quite like you know the dynasty defensive guy uh so that was really really key and Al Horford only two points. Derek White only 12 points uh, on 13 shots, although he did some good things defensively. And Smart only two points to go along with Tatum and Brown, who had 28 and 17, 88 points. This was uh, an impressive defensive effort. What do you think, Lee? 
Overall, I thought the Celtics started off the game actually pretty well. I mean, they were up nine points early on, and it wasn't really that uh, that Warriors defense didn't really take effect until sort of midway through, I think, sort of the second quarter there. And then, because Jalen Brown just came out firing away. It was like, he's on track for 60 here tonight, but he, he obviously did cool off here. But I think you could just tell that the Warriors didn't let that first quarter rattle them at all. They came out, and they knew that they had to go out and get this one. And Steph was good, but this was a grind-out victory, I still believe, other than you know the sort of explosion there in the third quarter. Because the Warriors didn't really just go out there and find everyone. You sort of almost expect someone like a Clay Thompson to have six threes. He had a little burst there in the third quarter where he hit a couple. He only hit the one three. But I think you also notice, and he stayed in the game late. I think Steve Kerr's really trying to get him yeah. some <laughs> sort of rhythm, some sort of momentum, because he can't shoot right now, which is crazy. For Clay. He's taken the same sort of shots that we see. Sometimes they don't always look like they're great shots, but when it's Clay, he's got the green light to fire away. Uh, so I think that's what they're trying to do. He hit a couple, but he also was like, all right, I've got to get inside. I've got to just try to get something going here. And he did a couple of times. Even again, he wasn't necessarily knocking them down, but he was showing just trying to vary up his game a little bit. And then the Jordan Poole stuff, I mean, that was like just, that really sealed it when he hit that second one there uh, in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, I think Udoka was like, hey, we came back in the fourth quarter of of game one. Game two, it was like a burst, only about six points. And then he was like, all right, I think we're done here tonight. And uh, he took the right move, I guess, and said, all right, let's rest these guys. But overall, I mean, the Warriors played better. They still didn't play great. It's ironic that both teams shot 15 for 37 from downtown, exactly the same amount. And in game one, it was Horford, Smart, and White who went 15 for 23 themselves. Only two for seven combined for those three guys. Al Horford had a very weird game. He didn't even take a shot until the third quarter. Yeah, Um, because he had his birthday. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. I forgot Don't about ever that. Celebrate your birthday. Yeah, when you turn yeah. In the good 30s point. At some point. In the um, but the, the weird thing is, again, between Smart, White, and Hoffer, they only got up seven three pointers. That to me is very unusual because I didn't expect them to go fifteen for twenty three again. But I would have thought that Udoka would have been like, all right, we, these guys, let's spread the floor out, move that ball. That's how they got all those open looks there in game one. Didn't really happen in game two. So well, They kept turning the ball over. Well, and they did, and they got punished for that 33 yeah. points off those turnovers for the Warriors. And I, and I know that both of these teams have a, a tendency to turn the ball over. So if one can really capitalize on the other yeah. one in a 19-point game that had an 18-point positive differential in those uh, uh, points off turnovers compared to the Celtics, that's largely where the game, I think, was won there. So um, very, very impressive. I thought... Kevon Looney was was good again. Um, he continues to just sort of be in the right spot at yeah. the right time. When that ball does move around, go to the hoop. Wiggins will find you. Steph Curry will find you. And he finishes strong around the rim because um, there wasn't like a standout second best player, I didn't think, for the Warriors. I thought I thought Paul had his moments, of course. Looney was okay. Draymond was better. Clay was okay. But none of them were like really, really good there. And then Steph, I mean, man, when he gets that half an inch of daylight... It's cash. Mm-hmm. It's cash. And uh, it's great to watch. So overall, glad for the series. We've got a 1-1 here. Um, good good bounce back here from the Warriors. Who really set the tone for the Warriors you thought last night, Trey? It was Draymond. No yeah. doubt about it. He had the, I don't know, you don't call it a steal because it's just a jump ball. But he forced the jump ball with Al Horford right away. And then like Tass is saying, after that first possession, he was on Jalen Brown. And outside of the first three minutes, really, it was really frustra- uh, frustrating. Uh, Jalen Brown, just the tighter defense, the more physical defense, and it led to the Warriors forcing 18 turnovers, which Lee mentioned, 33 points for the Warriors because they were mostly live ball turnovers. The The Warriors' limited dribble penetration, that was a huge problem in Game 1, a huge part of the reason that Jalen Brown was able to have such a big fourth quarter in Game 1. He was going right by Clay Thompson. 
either finishing inside or driving kick to somebody outside for a wide open three. So I thought the Warriors did a great job of having active hands. They were switching off ball and they were just completely locked in. And it even filtered down to Curry. Like Curry is playing incredible basketball right now. 63 points in 70 minutes in this series, 46 shots, nine assists, just four turnovers. And in that third quarter, there's a couple of great plays where he's playing some really physical on-ball mm, defense yeah. against Marcus Smart, forcing a turnover, forcing a miss, hitting back-to-back threes. Looney then scores, and then back-to-back threes uh, for Poole as well. So you could tell between Draymond setting the tone early and Steph being as committed on defense as he was offensively, this was the perfect kind of game for the Warriors to really blow things open because, you know, it could have gone either way after the first half. It was very similar to Mm -hmm. game one, but in the third quarter, obviously the Warriors had the Celtics number. Celtics have had a number of bad third quarters in this playoffs. They just didn't have a good fourth to offset it in this one. What do you think about the officiating overall? Because I know some Celtics fans are like, this game was way more physical than game one, mainly because Draymond setting the tone, barking at everybody, obviously getting into it, and we can get into whether or not he should have been even playing in the second half with the whole Jalen Brown incident. But yeah, we will. Yeah, the uh, the idea that he was just the, the team, really, that they were allowed to be more physical because of the officiating. I know the Celtics talked a little bit about it after the game. Did it? Did it get in their heads? Were they just not ready to sort of fight back in this one because they thought the whistle was going to be similar to game one? What do you think? Uh, there were some bad whistles. There's no doubt. Yeah, Dra- stopping the flow for yeah, sure. Yeah, Draymond stole some uh, some calls because he was flopping around. Uh, there was, uh, yeah, bad whistles, definitely against the Celtics, but I don't think that's why they lost at all. That's all I got to say. I mean, that, that's really, I don't really want to get into it more, oh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Brown said that, the game changed when he got his second foul. That was a bad call, no doubt about it. Gary Payton, the second on a fast break layup, he goes up for a lefty, he just misses it. And Jalen's like holding his arms back right. to not foul him. But that was the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Payton misses the layup. He missed the two free throws. <laughs> Jalen didn't get pulled from the game, yeah. and he didn't foul for the rest of the game. So, yes, I mean, that was probably a frustrating play in the yeah. moment. But it's, you know, there's 40 minutes left of basketball. You got to be able to recover. So maybe, I don't know, maybe it was in the Celtics' heads that they weren't going to be able to be as physical as the Warriors were being. But to me, it would be frustrating, but the refs were not the problem for the Celtics. No, and uh, bad call on that one, fair. But let's give Zach Zaba credit because he gave um, he gave uh, Derek White, no, Jordan Poole, so excuse me, he gave Jordan Poole a tech foul in a play there where uh, he ran over the top Derek of Derek White tried jumping over Jordan Poole yes, Poole and he like, put sort of puts up. his arms yeah. up sort of trips him whatever and he called a tech foul he stopped a fast break yeah 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 <laughs> but he went back and he said nope that wasn't a tech foul right. I miss. I sort of miss saw what I thought sure. I saw that almost I don't remember a time where that has happened where they've rescinded a tech foul in the moment like that they almost never do because it's like a tech foul so we've got to give him credit for that okay. because yeah. that was the right call No one. there was nothing malicious from White nothing malicious from Paul Paul was rich, literally like whoop is he going to kick me in the head no and they almost didn't touch each other so some other calls sure bad but let's also give them credit where it's due yes and also he called him uh, tech foul on Jordan Powell yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Jordan Poole. He, sure. he corrected he himself, corrected himself there. right there. Yeah. Way to go, yeah. double Z. Uh, well, let's Good talk job. about Draymond, though, because early in the game, he picks up the technical foul, uh, getting into it with Grant Williams. I mean, yeah. he, he somehow, if I remember correctly, Draymond Green trucked Grant Williams yes, and got the foul called on Grant yeah. Williams. Okay, so this is Draymond stuff here. And then he's still getting into it with the officials, gets the tech. Everybody's like, okay, can you shut up, Draymond? Gets that first technical. Yeah. Of course, this comes into play later. Uh, in the second quarter, right, still, he fouls Jalen Brown, Draymond does, on a three-pointer. It's a foul. The two get tangled up on the floor. 
You got Green's legs sort of on Brown's shoulders and heads. He doesn't like that. You know, stop that. Sort of get off me. Then, you know, a little shove back from Draymond. Jalen Brown steps up. Now he's sort of standing over Draymond. Draymond, he said after the game, I'm a man first before I'm a basketballer. Can't stand over me. And then anyway, there's a bunch of jostling. And then it's like, uh-oh, they're going to go look at it. And they're saying on the broadcast, and I don't think they're wrong, regular season game, double this is tease. the classic mm. double tease. You guys are both guilty here of like just doing nonsense. Okay, you both get a T, uh, but they don't. And some people are like, good. It shouldn't be a T to begin with. No. But then there's this whole thing, and Draymond's even talking about it after the game. It's like, yeah, I already got one. They're unlikely going to give me a second one because I got one, and I'm a Draymond Green. And you know, I don't get, I don't get favorable treatment, but I get favorable treatment. Is basically yeah. what he's saying. <laughs> yes. Really weird the whole thing. Yeah. So what? How do? How do you? What do you think about the whole thing and the decision? I guess to not toss Draymond there because of the second time. So I think they're both right. I, I think okay. in that moment the refs know we can't throw a guy out for this, but also Draymond pushes the envelope so far every time. At some point he is going to get thrown out for something like that and it's going to be his fault as my man Chuck D said on Twitter there last night how many times are you going to put your head in the lion's mouth before you realize the lion's going to bite you you know because right. that that's what Draymond does is he pushes it so far he gets tangled up oh whoops my legs are in your face oh I, oh, I didn't do that oh you're pushing me what are you pushing me on mm. he's always the victim in that sense so Draymond has to understand that he puts the refs in these positions multiple times in a game where it's like is that a tech I mean we don't want to have to throw him out but at the same time the refs have to say Draymond cut that shit out man <laughs> right. you're going to get yourself thrown out for two Probably unnecessary text. But the refs, again, give them credit. In that moment, there was no way that he deserved to be thrown out. And they said, so okay. you don't think either of them deserved any tech there? No, what was happening not. between of course Brown not. And I mean, right. and, and, and again, I understand people saying, well, if it's a tech, it's a tech. It shouldn't be the finals or regular season, whatever. But it should be different in that moment mm. because the refs are actually, we always say they've got to sort of, you know, bring their the level to a finals level and bring yep. their composure. So they did the right thing. But Draymond, if you do get thrown out, Later in the series, fuck, man, it will be your fault for doing it because you continue to be... Well, Trey has a theory, and he said it on the Immediate Reaction podcast last night, that Draymond like, goes and gets his first technical <laughs> yeah. on purpose. Makes him more powerful. Yeah. Uh, he can get away with more. The leash gets longer after he gets his first technical. Yeah. Um, my, my two takes on this that I you know have germinated over the night is that, number one, I definitely missed Draymond almost pulling down Jalen Brown's shorts. That was very funny. Um, also, I think the best take came from Joe Varden at The Athletic. Subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks. Celtics shouldn't have stopped Jalen Brown from getting in Draymond's face. Yeah. 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 That de-escalated the situation. That was not a double technical situation in the playoffs, but if they keep going at each other, Draymond ain't backing down. For yeah. sure. That's how we could pick up For the second technical sure. easily. You flash back to 2016, Draymond's most uh, famous missing of a game. When he stepped over LeBron, no call. That was post-game, post right? Mm -hmm. That he eventually got added the extra flagrant foul point, which eventually eliminated him for game five, five yeah. I suppose. So even in that, you know, Draymond stepping over LeBron, that's a bigger deal to me. That's, a, that's more, of a, more of a skirmish, and nothing was called in that scenario. Right. So to expect... Expect this here in the finals, I think, is kind of uh, is kind of silly. But uh, weird scenario. Like, Draymond just kicking back, throwing his feet up on the ottoman. Shit. But the ottoman is Jalen Brown. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. What do you think? Well, the Celtics fans, they got nothing to complain about, really. Their team could barely hit one in three shots. They shot 35% from this 
in this game. That is where they lost the right, game. Right. And we all want the referees to call what they see. Well, they didn't give Draymond Green a leash on that first technical. And that's what everybody wants. If Draymond is barking at the officials, give him a tech. And that's what happened. He just started yelling at the refs. They gave him a tee. They teed him up and they, they said, all right, that's what's going to happen in this game. You can't talk to us. And then in the second instance, I really don't think he deserved a call at all. I don't think either of them really deserved anything. Because when you look at it, he fouled Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown kicked out his leg. Anyway, so they both go to the floor. Draymond Green falls down, and yes, his legs end up on Jalen Brown's head. But I think they just ended up on his head. I think that's just what happened. So Jalen Brown throws off those those Mm -hmm. legs, and people say that Draymond shoved him afterwards. He said... He put his hand. If if you if you want to call that a shove, I mean, like, come on. He put his hand on Jalen Brown to say, "Listen, I wasn't kicking your head. It was it was just a touch." And he said he he was he was already seated. He put his hand on Jalen Brown. He didn't get up. He put his hand on him and sat on his butt. It was Jalen Brown who got up and sort of got in his face. So Draymond Green got like tried to pull his shorts to get up, and that was that. They talked. Maybe the Celtics should have allowed it to happen a little bit more, so he got tossed. That that is a, a good point, but <laughs> that is that. That's what happened. It was a, it was a chat. If you go, if you look at it frame by frame, he didn't do anything, and he shouldn't have been tossed for that. And yeah, the first the first tech wasn't something that officials hand out immediately to Draymond Green in the past. They allow him a leash to to yeah. talk and talk and talk and talk. But when he trucked Grant Williams and still was talking to the referee, they gave him a tech. And so that one was fairly quick, I thought. And, yeah, the second one, uh, maybe the Celtics pulled him off number one because they don't want Jalen Brown tossed. But it, they also want to beat the, the Warriors. I don't, I don't think they're, they're looking at this thinking uh, maybe they are, hey, let's get Draymond Green tossed. But I think they want to beat the full Warriors. And, uh, and I'm sure they weren't thinking that in the moment. I'm sure they were thinking we don't want Jalen Brown tossed. But, again, they lost this game because they shot 35% from the floor. That had nothing to do uh, with the officiating. But Draymond Green didn't, Draymond Green was a beast in this game. And he, he had led the more fierce team. And I'm glad he didn't get tossed in that instance. Here's a question for you to go back to mm. Clay. Can the Warriors win three more games against the Celtics with Clay shooting like this? I mean, 4-19 in game mm. two. You said they, like, Kerr decided, let's just keep him out here basically yeah. in garbage time. See if we can get him going at all. I don't think he really got going all that much. No. He's shooting 30% from the field in the final. But I asked that because, like, every Warriors championship team has been Curry. He's the He is the, uh, the the common factor in all of those titles. But then there's always a second guy, mm. be it Kevin Durant, be it Clay, that is, like, a go-to, don't worry, he's our secondary scorer. And right now, with him struggling, you know, they don't really have that. You know, you know Poole got it going a little bit yeah. here. He hitting those two bombs there. But, um... Can they do it without Clay or just Clay? And are you even worried that Clay can't ever find, uh, you know, classic Clay from this, you know, a game or two at least in the series prior? What do you think? Yeah, well, that's it. I'm not worried because yeah. he's had two eight point eight three point games so far, basically in closeout games. So get to game six, the Warriors. Uh, if they're up three two, then Clay's going to have a forty five point game. Uh, but certainly, it is a concern because. He's not just missing these shots for his someone of his standards of shooting. He's clunking a lot of those. Um, so maybe the layoff didn't help him from the Maverick series. Maybe he needed to keep playing. Who knows? But we've also seen him at times against the Mavericks. He went six for eighteen in one game. There he went six for twenty against the Memphis yeah. Grizzlies. So he does. He is a little bit sort of feast and famine right now. But uh, 
They'll, you know, they, they can survive if someone else is sort of filling in the void a little bit there and, and Jordan Poole offensively gave it to him last night. Wiggins hasn't, hasn't really sort of established himself too much. So there are points there. But as you saw on the, on the broadcast where he did hit that three last night, it only can sometimes maybe take one and then Clay's like, you can see a little avalanche coming himself. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, he finally hit a three and he did like a yeah, he double was, fist pump. Going going for yeah, and he was like yeah. cheesing hard to the um, camera. Yeah, but, but you're not, you never, really. you, because he is a, such a great shooter, he's going to get basically his many chances as he needs to right. get going. He only so you needs- don't see uh, uh, a game in this series where it's a tight game and Kerr goes away from Clay, taking him off the floor in a close game for a Gary Payton or something like yeah. that. And he could still be out there or like a pool. He's gonna. You're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt every single time uh, yeah. that he'll get going. Just for the gravity alone. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Because it's like, okay, you, you're, you're not leaving say, him open. You're gonna say to the Celtics, yeah. all right, are you gonna leave Clay and double Jordan Poole? You know, in a, in a let's say Jordan Poole's had seven threes in a game. You're gonna double him and leave Clay. Great, go and do that. Yeah. Um, so no, he he's proven. He's done it so many times. He's a huge playoff time uh, playoff performer. He'll get as many chances as they need um, from him. He's doing too much right now. Clay is uh, over dribbling the ball. They're like posting him up to try and attack Peyton Pritchard just because Peyton Pritchard's the smallest mm-hmm. guy out there. Just catch and shoot. Like the best Clay Thompson games are when he touches the ball 40 times for 40 seconds and makes 43s. <laughs> just stand outside and shoot some threes. See the ball go through a few times. The post ups are weird to me. Like the best offense that the Warriors had last night. Just Steph. Just go out there. Steph makes some plays. You don't see it from Steve Kerr often saying, just go play pick and roll basketball. Yeah. Other than that, they got to move the ball. They are, you know, a ball movement team, drive and kick, ball switching sides. Everybody kind of is actually moving as well as the ball. It short circuits the offense when Clay goes into post-up mode. And obviously, he doesn't have the explosion inside right now to be finishing at the rim or to really even be shooting these fadeaways over Pritchard. So I'd like to see him just get going on some catch and shoots. I think there could be instances where they choose Gary Payton II over Clay Thompson uh, with the way things are working because Gary Payton II played 25 minutes in this game nearing Clay Thompson's 30 minutes, and, th- and Clay was playing garbage time to try and get him going. <laughs> yeah. And with the way Steph is playing on offense, you just need guys who are going to turn the Celtics over and play incredible defense, really. So if you've got Payton and Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins and, and whoever the, the fifth guy is around Curry – that could be enough to, to really get the Warriors going. And, and you know, Gary Payton II is doing enough as sort of a, you know, he's their, their Bruce Brown. He, he, he plays on the short roll. He's, he's kind of like their big man, and then he'll, he'll go in the corner. And I know they told him to, to be able to shoot in the corner and, 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 and be able to shoot the rim. I mean, he was 3 of 3 in this game. You could see him getting some more buckets. Andrew Wiggins, obviously not a great night, but he missed layup after layup after layup. He scored 11. If he hits a freaking layup, you know, he's got a 17-18, the classic Wiggins game. So I think they have enough offense with Gary Payton II uh, coming in, especially with the way uh, Otto Porter's feeling it uh, at times, and uh, and Jordan Poole. That was a great sign that Jordan Poole uh, started going because that was his first good stretch, really, yeah. uh, of this series. First good quarter there in the third quarter of yeah. the finals so far. Uh, Celtics in the playoffs, 6-0 and following a loss. Hmm. So we'll find out what happens on Wednesday night. Uh, even more impressive, three of those wins are like by 20-plus points. So they usually have an answer here. They have a response every single time. Though I'm concerned, if I'm being completely honest, with obviously the health of Robert Williams III. Yeah. He looks bad out there. I mean, he's given it his all. I yeah. mean, he still had a couple of nice challenges at the rim, but he only ended up playing, what, 14 or 15 minutes. And I think you just see him, like, when he is uh, put onto a smaller guard, he just does not have any lateral quickness because of the knee injury. And then Marcus Smart just had a stinker, too. And yeah. 
you know, he's injured as well. And then injured even Robert Williams even more when he accidentally <laughs> yeah. fell into him. Like, these two guys, um, it's it's going to be really difficult for them to win three more games with these guys really banged mm. up. Smart one for six. I thought making terrible decisions in the first quarter, too. Like, he was a part of those live ball turnovers. Uh, just passes that weren't there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see if they can... They can counter here in Game 3. And yeah, they haven't won their last two Game 3s, though. So, uh, <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe it means absolutely nothing. Mm, uh, but, not. yeah, no, I think uh, Marcus Smart certainly didn't seem to have that same juice that he had in Game 1. He was right up for that game. And this one, he was, like, just nowhere near as aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think he was injured. I think he was just, like, he just... Uh, maybe it's that, hey, we've got the split mentality anyway, you know. But but then they got off to a really good start. Yeah, so they're uh, in this game. Yeah, they should have been up more. Yeah, I mean, they should have been, yeah. If they would have taken care of the ball a little bit better in the first half, I think the Celtics have a decent lead uh, heading into yeah. that. Now, they may have given it all away in the third quarter because they don't play great in the third quarter. The Warriors are unbelievable in that quarter, but would have been more of a game. Yeah. We That's one thing we said. Watch the turnovers. Like The Celtics win games when they take care of the ball and generally lose them when they keep confident up. And a yeah. lot of these were live ball. Yeah, they gave up. They had 11 turnovers in that first half, but they were still only you know within two points there. Uh, a more traditional just seven in that third quarter or sorry second half where that's that's a regular number for a team that's their average basically you know if you if you double it up for 14 throughout the uh, entirety of a game the, the, yeah you could say the Celtics could have been up more but you could also say the Warriors could have been up a ton if they hit some freaking layups uh sure. in that first half but Marcus Smart was defended in this game <laughs> they were they were all up in his grill they they were just ready uh to to not allow open threes Al Horford, I was surprised that he had no open threes really in this game. I think he should have been out there, you know, ready to fire a little bit more. I think when he has a big game, as we saw, we talked about the flex game versus uh, Giannis Tetacumpo, mm. came out and had a, a, a stinker the next night, stinker the next three. I guess you can't expect big games from him night in and night out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you'd think that somebody, one of those three would step up in Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford. But, again, when, when Smart's being defended – He's not really going to go off. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't think the same way. So that, that was the Warriors stepping up, and, and I think a little blessing that Andre Godala was out. Uh, I agree. The thirty-eight-year-old do does that. not need to play in the series. I, I don't think he can coach. Uh, but you know, Gary Payton the second is just such such a menace, and they just know what they're doing on the defensive end. He, you know, Gary Payton the second worked out the kinks. He was scared. I think he had a flashback when he was going up for the layup, and, and Jalen Brown was behind him. He had a flashback of Dylan Brooks hitting him. I'm sure, and he was trying to protect his yeah, body a little bit. It, yeah. He fell, missed both free throws, was kind of slow on rotations to start, but then I think he worked out the kinks. There's that possession where he falls and Draymond Green recovers for him and Gary Payton goes up to Draymond Green to say, yes, we are playing freaking finals defense. So they're, they got to be jacked. But yes, the, the Celtics are good enough to, to come back and not miss a billion shots. And, uh, and also, yeah, not turn it over because, yeah, they, they lacked the flow because of those turnovers for sure. Uh, finals MVP update mm. after two games. Uh, how you, how you ranking it? One, two, three right now after two. Well, so I saw you gave out the three, two, and one votes. Yeah, it was uh, difficult yeah, last night. it was. In the brown low medal vote. Yeah, I, lo- uh, I love it. I love it. Um, uh, we ultimately went with, uh, Trey, do you remember? Curry, Poole. Tatum. Yeah. Then, <laughs> oh, no, we got guilted into it, Tatum. Yeah, I wanted to give it to, to Zach Zarba in the end. No, <laughs> no, Dre. 
Draymond? Yeah. I mean, so sure. Uh, you could yeah. really convince me of anyone Draymond, from the third spot. Draymond, Looney, and Gary Payton the second yeah. were yeah. all up for that third, that third Tudum, spot. Yeah. Tudum. Tudum. You got me saying Tudum. <laughs> I would have go, gone Tudum and then Tudum hole for Draymond Green. I think he should have been the yeah. two hole. Well, I mean, Tatum hit six threes. Yeah, and, but he was, he was a minus yeah. like uh, whatever. Minus but I don't think that was all because of him. That's where that no, is a funny not. stat. But it was a blowout though. You know. I know. So... Tough to get there a brown low vote when you get smoked. Too many being town boys in the stream last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got, got persuaded. Yeah. Uh, okay, but don't worry about okay. last night's game. Overall right now, Curry, or you tell me, who's who's one, two, three right now? Well, I think Curry, obviously, yep. uh, as a 1-1. One, one, uh, oh, man, who's number two? I mean, Tatum didn't do that much in game one, did he? Uh, Brown was good. <laughs> it's a little strange. Wow, it is. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, Al Horford did nothing last <laughs> night. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I guess Jalen Brown is leading the Celtics. Yeah, that was over eight. two games. Yeah, yeah. Even though he probably. was shot poorly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, oh wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, I mean, the Warriors don't get any real credit for that game one. I mean, other than Steph. Uh, so I guess yeah, Steph Brown. Then probably Tatum, I suppose. What about Mark Jones? <laughs> He's played two games. <laughs> on yes, the call. Yes, it's yeah. been all right. I've yeah. enjoyed him on the call. I don't know when Breeze coming back. Yeah, it's tough. Difficult. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting at is uh, is Curry's to lose if the Warriors, yeah, of course, going right. to win, and then very fascinating if the Celtics, you know, can can pull off this uh, finals up upset. Who would who would be winning it for them? But lots of lots of basketball still to be played. Lots of basketball still to be played. But history says Game Three quite important. Oh, is this is the fortieth time. 40th time the teams have split the first two games of the NBA Finals. In the previous 39 instances, the team that wins Game 3 has gone on to win 82% of the time. 32-7 mm. and seven Wow! in those wow. 39 series. Well, there's a douchey on deck here for the Warriors, isn't there? <laughs> douchey on deck. <laughs> DOD. Uh, you guys still heading to Boston? Double deck. Yes, we are. You'll be in the building. Yes, we'll be in the building. In Hopefully the on the court in the garden. Then. Okay. No, well, not game on the court. Three, but, yes. uh, Trey yeah. Lee heading uh, tomorrow to Boston for games three and four, so I can't wait to uh, check in with you guys yes. uh, on the podcast and get the sights and sounds yes. from the game. Yes. Uh, any other random notes from game two or this final so far? Got anything? Still want to see Bullet Train, man. Oh, yeah. You guy. guys in on Bullet Train? So what is it? It's a movie. <laughs> I don't know. It? it looks like Brad Pitt on a yeah. train just fighting. Fi- yeah. Fighting people. It's bullets. And yeah. there's Lillard fast and train. Lonzo. And I don't think they're in it. I think they're just doing That's just spots. the promo. Is yeah. it? Okay. Because Damien Lillard <laughs> was out in Melbourne this weekend for a big uh, boxing yeah, match. He was at an Australian Haney. football game and everything. Really? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, they must have shot this stuff in advance. <laughs> yes. That's how they do I it. I thought it was live. <laughs> uh, went live to the train. Yeah, I, don't, I don't quite know what it is other than a movie promo, but it seems like we've already had Keanu Reeves. Didn't the Speed 2 was on a train, wasn't it? No, that was on a boat. Uh, Speed 2 was on a boat. boat. Speed yeah. 1 was on a bus. Yeah. So maybe this is... The spiritual yeah. successor to Speed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should feel bad, but I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Uh, because I don't see commercials. commercials. Oh, it's commercial. Yeah. 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 It's like, uh, on one hand, I feel left out. On the other hand... You're not missing I'm anything. not missing no, out not. on commercials. I'm watching the in, in-house feed. Uh, I'm watching wow. jersey giveaways on the NBA app. Wow. On Apple TV. It's like, why are we even sending them to Boston? You can just be watching this feed instead. It's like yeah. you're there, right? That's what you're doing. You're basically oh, like there in the there. bay. Sure. Yeah, sure. you're watching. Well, uh... he, Lee wants to shoot around on the court. Oh, I know why he wants to go. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, hey, we got to get hooked up with Chiefs. There's Chiefs was on the court, remember? Shooting free throws and stuff. Maybe he's buckets. got a hookup. Yeah. Chiefs. 
Hit us up. Who's going to be the uh, singing the national anthem for Game Three in Boston, or, or uh, you know, who are you what, hoping what, for? Wahlberg's a Boston boy, isn't he? You think one of the Wahlbergs is going to be singing funky, the national funky, anthem uh, in Game Three? I'll <laughs> bet you on that. Oh, see, you see, feel it, feel it. Yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> it's not bad. It's such a good anthem. <laughs> um, okay, so you want one of the Wahlbergs? You don't yes. care which one. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I, I get them confused, Danny, Donny, Donny and Mark. Which Danny. one's the burger guy? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're in on that one. Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> we got to go to a Wahlburgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Yeah. I was looking up the best Boston baked beans in Boston. It's hard to find, though. Hard to find a straight up beans location. That's surprising. So, so just slide in the DMs. Let us know where the best baked beans are in all of Boston. Yeah, what's the one thing you're hoping to do besides him shooting around on the court, Trey? Is there like uh Get a green hat. Get a, get a large green hat, I would say, is my number one goal here All right. in Boston. And sit next to Red Auerbach. Uh, oh, the tr- the uh, statue. Yeah, sit by that statue. Oh, uh, don't do what that one Heat fan did. Did you see that making the rounds? poopy? No, the oh. Heat fan was like, uh, I don't know if there's a name for this move, but basically the upside down twerking where like you do the handstand <laughs> and like, do put that. the legs on the statue <laughs> I saw this photo going around and like the Beantown boys were very upset like the yeah, disrespect that that's I disrespectful to Red to a statue to twerking yeah <laughs> come on you may have liked it <laughs> no I don't Red didn't even want cheerleaders they didn't even have cheerleaders in good Boston point. until Red Damn. passed away so Damn. good point yeah alright okay uh, and anything else you want to do what about the uh, what's the sandwich what's the amazing sandwich we uh Lobster roll. Lobster roll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should go grab one of those. Yeah, that'll cost, I'm sure, $113 for uh, a a lobster roll this big. They're always super expensive lobster rolls. (laughs) Fine, I'll eat them. (laughs) I'll eat them. I'll eat them. You want to go back to Red Arbrock's time where they handed them out in prison? We, we, was cheap uh, we went to a really good seafood joint there in Boston. Remember anyone remember what that was called? Neptunes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good memory. All right, Neptunes. Yeah, you paid one hundred thirteen dollars. It's like twenty like bucks. Yeah, I know. I don't know what it's you're like talking about. Twenty three dollars there in the sandwich. You're going to catch it that day. Yeah, well, yeah. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> catch it. Yeah. Make a living. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Did you see CeeLo Green doing the anthem there? In Green. He was halftime. In Green in Boston, where he had the green thing on. Famous interesting. Green. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I just it's interesting for. I just want to know how you spell CeeLo. I've seen it spelled so many ways. C E dash L O. So I've seen that way. Seen a space between the C and the low. And then I've seen them jam together with a capital L. And I just want to know which one. I also, CeeLo Green is back. Mm. I mean, he was gone for a while. Yeah, I'm surprised they went with CeeLo Green. They usually uh, go Carlos Santana mm. for uh, Warriors anthems. Yeah, with Maybe the, they're saving them. With the cool drummer. Yeah, is that yeah exactly wife? right. Is that his wife? Or is that. That I. I uh, Uncertain, but you know who I'm Uncertain. talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Hmm. That's probably a good time to take a break. I thought it was C E E dash capital. It sort of depends. Yeah, oh, that's what he said. I yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. That's what Trey said. Yeah, I thought it was C dash. No, L-O. no, definitely C E E. Yeah. All right, he's got it C E E capital L O on his Twitter. I know, but you yeah. see it. I'm telling you, you Lose see it dash. spelled all different ways. It's not good I'm for. Going t- with I'm going with CeeLo here. He's got it. <laughs> you got to lose a dash. In the modern day, you got to lose a dash. No, you right. can't search a dash. <laughs> All right. There's know. no dash in Goody Mob. I know that. Okay, let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk Quinn Snyder leaving the Utah Jazz. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep. 
You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Nice. We'll be slinging when, when we're, we're winning. winning. <laughs> nice. They should sing the national anthem. Oh, yeah. Boston. Yeah. Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? How would you pronounce MSNBC? Misnbsk. <laughs> Nailed it. I think. Yeah. All right. Back here in the Classic Factory uh, with the boys. Got some big news dropping on Sunday in the NBA. Quinn Snyder's time as head coach of the Utah Jazz. It's over. Shortly after Woj reported the news there on Sunday afternoon, the Jazz formally announced that after eight seasons, Snyder would be stepping down. So lots to talk about with this. First one is like, how surprised were you by ultimately, I guess, Snyder's decision here to to walk away? Uh, not all that surprised that Snyder is no longer the coach. How we got to this point and whose idea it was, I'm not sure. I think because the Jazz said, hey, we can extend your contract if you want. Or if you want, you can take some time off. So it felt like to me the Jazz were trying to be respectable for uh, what Quinn Snyder has done for the franchise. And he's been a very successful coach, mm-hmm. uh, certainly in the regular season, uh, you know, getting to the playoffs. But the big problem has always been taking that next step in the playoffs. They've had a couple of meltdowns, a couple of bad performances against the Rockets uh, one time. Down in the bubble, of course, they gave up a 3-1 lead. And then last year, they gave up 2-0 lead there to the uh, LA Clippers. And it just felt like it was time for one of he, Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert, to, to move on. And I think going with the coaching uh, side of things, uh, side of things, uh, is probably the easiest and first thing that the Jazz could do because you don't want to give away your talent. You certainly don't. I mean, if you're going to trade one of Mitchell or, or Rudy Gobert, you want a big package in return. These are all NBA, all-star caliber players. So I think ultimately uh, they all sat around and Danny Ainge has come in and sort of said, Maybe it's time for a new voice, but Quinn, you know, what? how are you feeling? Do you want to change? Do you want to take some time off here? Uh, probably sort of helping him make that decision, I think. So um, I think, look, if you, uh, Quinn Snyder's going to get another job whenever he decides to continue coaching, whether he takes a year or two off, he'll get another job without any, uh, any real problems there. And for the Jazz, I think they just decided, listen, let's start with a new coach and then we'll decide what we do going forward with uh, the star players. Was anyone surprised at all? That Snyder, uh, yeah, after I guess they gave him a contract extension to possibly sign, he was uncommitted, and so he's moving on. Says he needed a new voice. That's what he's saying. 
about Utah Jazz? I think he's, uh, yeah, he's got his temperature of the room pretty accurate. Eight years is a long time as an NBA coach yeah. these days. It's very long. He couldn't pull off what Jerry Sloan pulled off in Utah, but not many coaches can. So I think, yeah, it's, it's time. I think he was, you know, he took everything to account. He took the, the way his voice is being heard, not being heard as well as it was in, in past years. Probably his physical ailment, just had some hip surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, it's just the way the NBA goes. Eight years again, it's, yeah, I think it's probably the right decision for all involved. They, it sounds like they actually talked about it and worked it out, and it wasn't just like a rash decision. What do you think? Uh, I would say I'm a little bit more medium surprised than these guys, just because you don't hear a coach pull the it's not you, it's me right. very often <laughs> right. in the NBA. But there's been a lot of buzz about Quinn Snyder potentially leaving the Jazz. Uh, the the surprising thing to me is that there's nowhere really for him to go right now. Like you guys talked about on the show last week, he's not going to be in a rebuilding situation. Like he's been in the NBA for a long time, had a lot of regular season success. The next key is trying to win a championship, but I guess you'd rather take a year off, probably rehab a hip replacement, and then come back to somewhere that is just not the Jazz because mm. it seemed like a very stressful situation there at the end. I kind of wonder if he's just waiting out Greg Popovich to see how mm. long he's going to be coaching the Spurs and then... He will slide in there. I think he used to coach their G League team back in the day. Seems to be a guy who prefers to create a program rather than just like bringing in different star level players. And that's what they're going to do in San Antonio as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at San Antonio by the beginning of next season, by the beginning of the season after that, basically whenever Greg decides to hang it up. Well, Woj also reported that Donovan Mitchell is surprised and disappointed. By this news that Snyder is moving on. Uh, Mitchell, this is from Woj, considered Snyder a significant part of his reasoning for committing to a five-year maximum contract extension in 2020. And then now Snyder's decision to step away on Sunday has left him, uh, again, surprised and disappointed. He's, un- he's unnerved. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I want to ask it this way. How confident are you that Donovan Mitchell is playing for the Utah Jazz next mm. season after you hear these type of reports? Well, in the words of Bruce Buffer... It's time for Donovan Mitchell to move on. I think it's happening. Uh, I think he's laying the groundwork to leave. You think so? Yes. So a coach moves on. Yep. Immediately, Mitchell's camp talks to a very, very, very well-respected reporter and says, I'm not feeling good. Why? Those, 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 there's no coincidence, obviously. I think he's laying a groundwork to say, I don't want to be here. These are two very different scenarios, Snyder and Mitchell. Snyder's doing what's best for himself, I think, and so is Donovan Mitchell. And Mitchell should not be be surprised that a coach is moving on from eight seasons as the head coach when there wasn't a ton of playoff success, and he shouldn't be surprised that he's playing for more than one coach in his career uh, because that is absolutely common. So I guess that guy that I talked to at the California Pizza Kitchen that thought Donovan Mitchell was coming to the Atlanta Hawks (laughs) may be right. I think the packages are out there. And uh, there's got to be somebody looking for a superstar. Superstar, yeah, it's it's in a, kind of a gray area. Is Donovan Mitchell a superstar? Anyways, on that on that cusp of being a superstar, uh, I think this is it for Donovan Mitchell. It sure feels like uh, he's on his way up. Do you agree with that? Uh, I no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think when you get that new coach, that's going to be who then Donovan Mitchell might be like, you know, okay, we've got a veteran, someone with a proven track record. Okay, maybe I stick it around here. But So maybe this report from Woj from Mitchell's camp is, hey, I better be involved in picking the new coach. 
<laughs> and yeah. less, yeah. like Cass saying, not that I disagree, yeah. but more like, well, here's my good reason to get out of here yeah, now. Yeah, now yeah. trade me. But, but it, my it, guy's it, gone. It would be silly for him to, to ask for a trade until he knows who that coach is. So, you know, I mean, if you're the Jazz and you're Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge is probably going to say, hey, this is who we're thinking. I don't think he's going to say, hey, Donovan, are you okay with this guy? That's not the way Danny Ainge works. So who is that guy, though? Who is that coach who can take this very good team, very good on both ends of the floor, good, consistent team, star players? The problem with Snyder, he just hasn't been able to get them where we expected them to be, which is like contending for a championship. They've always come up short. I don't know who that guy is. So if you think Mitchell is more likely to be in a Utah Jazz uniform next season, then I assume that you think Gobert won't be? Do you think they're both going to be there with a new coach? It it depends on who that coach is. It really does. Because I think that new coach is going to come in and say, okay, I want to see if I can get the most out of these guys. I want them to try to work together. Again, because if a coach comes into any situation, you want star talent. And you've got two guys who are all stars, defensive player of the year candidate in Rudy every year. They're young. They're under contract. That's a situation you want to go to where you're like, okay, I know things didn't work, but I don't want to go in and say, all right, just boot that guy before I've had a chance to even work with them. Yeah, I'm just skeptical that a new coach is going to come in here, be it Terry Stotts or some assistant coach uh, with maybe new ideas, is going to unlock something with this Mitchell Gobert yeah, pairing but- that Snyder couldn't in how many years? Like yeah, there's just six, been a lot seven of- years, whatever it is. Yeah. Like it's a long time. This isn't a one-year like attempt, and then it's like, okay, give me another year. Let's try something else. I just, but I just think the coach is going to want to at least have that chance first. And again, if you're going to trade one of them, you want to make sure that the guy being traded isn't the guy who's on your team, the best player being traded. Mm-hmm. You want you don't want to be like, oh man, I was I, I thought they could have done better if they operated this way or that way, because a new coach is going to come in and say, let me try my ideas first. Right. What do you think, Trey? Is uh, Donovan Mitchell, especially with these Wolves reports, is he setting the table like Tassa saying to like make his way out of here? Surprised and disappointed to me definitely feels a little bit like a test balloon for an official trade request, but we've seen both of the past two seasons, James Harden and the end of his tenure in Houston, Ben Simmons at the end of his tenure in Philadelphia. Teams are getting a little bit more bold starting with an unhappy star on their team and then figuring out a way to trade him during the middle of the season. So I can definitely see a world where the Jazz try that with Donovan Mitchell or like you're saying, Skeets. Trade Gobert and let Mitchell pick the coach. That's a good way to keep him around. That seems like a very player-focused move, and Gobert is going to be 30 at the beginning of next season on a gigantic contract. So if you want to rebuild around a younger guy with higher star potential, it's definitely Mitchell. So I don't think it's a done deal that he's gone, but it certainly wouldn't be a surprise if he actually does agitate for a trade come uh, the summer. Let's talk hypothetical Donovan Mitchell trade packages, Mm. especially one that's been like making the rounds for a long time. Should the Miami Heat go all in in trying to acquire Donovan Mitchell? And would the Jazz be open to trading Mitchell for something like Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, maybe a P.J. Tucker or a Yurt 7 or something like that, and then a late pick in this year's draft, first-round pick, be like 27th, and future picks, 2024 first-round pick, 2027 first-round pick, some sort of deal like that. Future picks, this year's pick, even though it's late, and... Tyler Hero being the the main piece. Yeah, and what do you think yeah. from both sides? Yeah, yeah. Would the basically, Heat go the deal all in is, on something like that, and would the Jazz yeah, want something like? Basically, that? the deal is Mitchell for Hero and picks. The other guys are all just throw-ins. Um, so that if the Jazz want the picks, then there's something to talk about there because you get the young player in Hero with the star potential. You would need a minimum two first rounders coming sure. back from the Heat, um, and you would want pretty much zero protection on those. I mean, the Heat wouldn't give them up without probably a top three protection. 
But you would need more, I think, uh, if you're the Jazz right now. I think that's so you're uh, hoping to get a better player. I think so. Oh, I think so. Yeah. If you are training, Mitchell. yeah. But now, look, if they say, okay, that's great, the first picks, then I think they're all, first round picks. I think they're also then going to say we're going to move on from Rudy and, and start again as well, right. because Just you're going to need yeah complete blow it up young talent. Let's let's start again and, and really try to cash in. It's these not really teams. the Utah Jazz's MO. No, it's know, exactly like to, to no. like lean into a completely no. rebuild. Like no, they want to no, be a playoff no. team. But I, I think based on what you just said then, that scenario, that's it, would tell me the Jazz are looking to the future rather than the present. So I don't think they do that move. What do you think? Well, I think they'd be looking for a young star plus a ju- 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 juicy draft pick, not a late uh, first-round draft pick. Does Tyler Hero fit that definition of a young star? I think if you're looking around the league, probably. I, and if we're looking at right now, who would be willing to trade <laughs> yeah, back a look, star? I think that's probably the best you're going to get. You'd have to get a, a definitely a good pick to go along with that. Yeah, because, I mean, like, who are the other teams that could realistically trade for him? I mean, the Knicks are always linked, but who are they trading? That's, like, better RJ, than Tyler Hero. R.J. Barrett would be the oh, best. Oh, R.J. Barrett, okay, I was considering they wouldn't trade him, but yeah. sure. Uh, but otherwise, it's, like, Fournier's contract, okay? Put Fournier back with Gobert, get the French team going. <laughs> uh, it's, like, quickly top in... They have picks because they have the Mavericks first round pick too. There's picks, but I mean, I don't like who Cam yeah. Reddish. I mean, no one I'm naming is better than no. Tyler Hero, and even no. if he didn't look all that great in the conference finals, I think yeah, you can sell yourself on Tyler Hero. And as for the Hawks, who is it? John Collins. <laughs> it's, I mean, Bogdan Bogdanovich has been rumored, but oh, I think you'd double Bogdanovich. Wow, oh. they got to make that happen. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Yeah, I think if. Uh, all the names we're throwing out here, it sure feels like Tyler Hero is the one that you'd be willing to pull the trigger on. I just feel like this is a pretty good opportunity for the Jazz to blow it up. I, I, I know it's, I know it's easy it to up, say you mean, that. You mean both? Like really potentially, move off of and, potentially. Wow. Rudy Gobert's thirty, as as Trey said. I, I just don't think Don. The the biggest reason is I don't think Donovan Mitchell is long for Utah. I don't think he's going to stick around there. There's been so much smoke for years and years and years pre-pandemic that these two guys don't get along, and it feels like at some point it has to be done. So what's the trade package coming back? I think it's Tyler Hero. In this instance that we're talking about is the best option, but it has to be a really good pick too. I don't think they're pulling it off for Tyler Hero on a number 25. Uh, if they want to rebuild, if they're trading Donovan Mitchell, they're rebuilding, and so they would want a good, good, good pick. Um, finally... Who do you think is going to replace Quinn Snyder? Who do you think should? Does anybody have a thought? I mean, we have initial candidates. I think uh, Shams was reporting. Uh, Knicks assistant Johnny Bryant. Jazz assistant Alex Jensen. Uh, former Blazers coach Terry Stotts. Celtics assistant Will Hardy. Raptors assistant Adrian Griffin. Um, there's a few other names floating around out there. <laughs> any of them? I mean, these are like assistant coaches. It's yeah. tough to have really any idea of what they're going to be bringing. Exactly, yeah. Um, but what direction do you think the Jazz go? I honestly have no idea for this one because uh, they had Jerry Sloan forever and then Ty Corbin came in for a while. He was basically promoted and then Snyder was given a really good opportunity, but he was also, that was his first opportunity as a head coach, same mm-hmm. with Ty Corbin. So I think they probably want someone who's a bit younger uh, with some fresh ideas, which maybe excludes Terry Stotts because that's kind of where they've gone. Um, and they tend to sort of, uh, you said there was a jazz assistant in there. Alex Jensen, uh, yeah. I think. So, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do sort of go internally as uh, someone like that because they, they like to keep things very steady and very stable there. Mm-hmm. And if he's been there for a while and familiar with the uh, program, he may have the inside lane there. 
we'll see. But I have no idea. Yeah, to be I honest. mean, this is uh, yeah. this is tough. You this is a huge question mark for the Jazz too, because they've been a family-owned business for a long, long time, and now they've got venture capital money. They've got mm. Danny Ainge in the front office. They've got Dwayne Wade as a part of their ownership group now. So the things that have been true about the Jazz for the past thirty years may not be true for the Jazz this mm. uh, off season. Mm. I agree. I think things could be changing in Utah. It sure feels like that from from the top down. And maybe Trader Danny wants to make some trades. You know, unlike what he did in Boston where he sat on it and now he wants to uh, Can't get, wait to hear the offers. Oh get a little God. wheelie and Hot dealie. I mean, that... Justin Zanuck is also the GM and, and Danny Ainge is his advisor. Right. But, uh, yeah, if I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just – I've got the Donovan Mitchell vibes that he wants to be out and that they want to – Move in another direction and away from the steady Freddie family owned, keeping it internal. Feels feels different right now. It is difficult to imagine uh, Danny Ainge and Pat Riley coming to an agreement on a deal <laughs> <laughs> for Mitchell and Tyler Hero if those are the main pieces. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they would talk a lot, but uh, they would both want to obviously win the trade, mm-hmm. and uh, you could see that maybe a stalling out. And who knows? Maybe you're right, Tass. I, like, it feels like Mitchell doesn't want to be there, but maybe he just doesn't want Rudy Gobert there anymore. Possibly. That's the real truth, and that they're more likely to move him. They, they're going to be I, – I would be shocked if both of those guys are still there, no matter who the coach is. Um, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, JD really wants to get to Tweet of the Night. Uh, <laughs> so let's take our uh, final break, and when we come back, we will do just that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. 
Father's Day is like, uh, well, less than two weeks now, right? Is it? It's the 19th, I think. Yep. Oh, wow. Yeah. What are you getting yourself? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Snuck up on me this year. Do you year. hope uh, Sebi or the... Oscar get you some Omaha sticks? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do something. Yeah, I, I thought it was the first Sunday of whatever month it's in. It's different. See, it's different in England and Australia. Well, it would have been yesterday, then. Yeah, so. well, that's right. Yeah, maybe, I thought maybe they would just, just <laughs> snub, Yeah, maybe snub, you, American, I should say. American yeah. Father's Day. I don't know yeah, if there's yeah, different yeah. Uh, celebrations going around. <laughs> yeah, it's not until September, I think, for the Commonwealth. Yeah, oh, slick dad Canada. move if they are different. It's June in Canada. Yeah, it's the Okay. Hmm. You don't hmm. celebrate it as much hmm. as I thought you would. Hmm. Uh, no, I mean oh, every uh, every Sunday's Father's Day for me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's nice. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Finally, yeah. <laughs> hey, now you can't even go to it. Wow, <laughs> uh, queued up for hours. <laughs> trying to play us off last uh, last segment. Well, I'm not surprised JD's pretty keen to get to it tonight because it's the NBA Finals and uh, the great website NBA uh, Twitter account NBA Cobwebs came up with this tweet. Uh, over the weekend, uh, talking about the finals game from 1984. Now, I want you to watch this clip and tell me if you notice anything particular about it. Okay, here it is. Kevin, a little sidebar to this series. The great actor Jack Nicholson was in the Boston Garden. He really stirred that crowd up, and then he left early. Wouldn't you know it? He was on the team plane with the Celtics coming out to Los Angeles. The movie? It was Terms of Endearment. He won an Academy Award for his part in that movie. They got down to the end of it, the critical scenes. ML Carr took off his headset, threw it down, says, I'm not watching the end of your movie. You didn't watch the end of our victory. <laughs> so that was in Los Angeles, in the forum there in Inglewood in 1984. What stood out to you there? Well, it's Jack smoking. <laughs> smoking a, a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Having a dart caught sure, before a game. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I thought he was vaping. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I just... I mean, can't imagine what it must be like to walk into a, an, a, a, an arena and just be smoking cigarettes. It just seems so cool? ancient. Oh. <laughs> oh, cool, yeah. I mean, he's got a cool style there. Like, but uh, Do you believe the story that uh, was that? Who was that? ML Brent, Carr. Brent oh, Musburger? Yeah. Was that Brent Musburger? Uh, yeah. yeah, the story that uh, ML Carr turned the movie off with the absolutely. Jack on the same flight back. Yeah, okay. absolutely, yeah. I don't <laughs> okay. know if he won a, uh, an Oscar for that one, but uh, did he? Yeah, he did. He, he said did. It's in, it in the clip. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I was so focused on the cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a great Twitter account. Yes. NBA Cobwebs. That's one of the best out there, especially for old heads like you. Mm. 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 <laughs> Smoking on airplanes. Remember yeah, that? A little ashtray beside <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Wild. I remember my, my first big flight. I went to London, and me and mum were, were in the last row before the smoking row started. So we were in the non-smoking section. <laughs> right. The smoking started. I remember, It was like, and we had like 10 stops to get to London back in 1981 there. I remember mum just like... <laughs> The whole way. It was like, because these people in front of us just smoked nonstop. Wild stuff. Yeah, but you weren't in the smoking uh, area. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's like having a non-pissing part of the swimming pool for kids, you know. It's like, that's that's where you piss kids, nowhere else, you know. Wait, that exists? <laughs> I mean, that, that's basically what... a roped what off I, what area in the pool that <laughs> kids yeah, can go piss It's the shallow end. Yeah. It's where you can yeah, pee yeah. and it yeah. stays in the shallow end. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, man, we talk about how you can get away with farting on an airport uh, airplane now. Yeah. Back in the '80s, you could let her, you could eat all the burritos you wanted. You were asking for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Somebody yeah. farting here smells too much like smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, terms of endearment: Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger 
nominated for Best Actress. John Lithgow and Jack Nicholson both nominated Holy for Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actor. What a movie. Wow. Stacked cast. <laughs> Stacked. <laughs> Lee, what's your favorite term of endearment? <laughs> wow. Babe? Yeah, why? Well, Honey? I mean, Sh- sugar pop. I know there was sugar pop there for a while. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Never heard of that one. Yeah. I haven't either. Sugar, sugar pop. Yeah. Plum. Yeah. All right. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Favorite term of endearment. Uh, and we'll call it there, I think, guys. Um, oh, wait. Do you have any thoughts on the Atlanta Dream game we saw yesterday? Tess and I went to our first WNBA game yesterday here in Atlanta. It was an entertaining game. It really was. I mean, the game itself was a little rough. Oh, yeah. That's not what not I Not a lot of I mean, shot making. <laughs> It was a tough hey, game. Hey, the I Fever are having a rough year. They, they are. Tamika Catchings in that front office, they got to get things together. There. They're, they're, <laughs> they're rough. But some good point guard play. Yep. Wish we saw a little bit more from Howard. She didn't need to do much. She got going in the third, but a rough first half. Yeah. It was all some nice footwork. She's got some nice footwork. If you miss uh, post-up play in the NBA, you don't see a lot of it really anymore, yeah. right? With the three ball. <laughs> Go watch a WNBA game. They go, to, the they go to work down yeah. there. It's actually really funny. Like, oh yeah, this used to be like an NBA thing, where you could just feed it into uh, the big man or the big yeah. uh, the big woman in this case and go to work. And holy crap, it was fun to watch and good crowd. Yeah, it was, it was a fun great. Time. Crowd. Yeah, the better teams probably don't go to the post as much. You don't right? think like, so? You I watch the sky work. They don't need to do that. Yeah, it's you know? true. We were yeah. Vanderslut's making things happen. We, we had the dream uh, fever. Yeah, coffee in the corner. <laughs> Loved coffee in the corner. She was good. You gotta get down. I will. Take you they, they don't play the uh, playing college park. Yeah, that's right. By the that's airport. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's only gonna take. How many you. were there? It's a small venue. I mean, I don't know, five thousand maybe. That's fine though, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fine. <laughs> don't want to echoey. Well, it used to play. It definitely. Yeah, yeah that's Phillips right. Arena, yeah. I guess it was called then. It was yeah. too cavernous. Mm. Uh, no, it's it's really fun. It's got the vibe of like sort of uh, the arena setting. I said to Tass like. Uh, when we go to All Star Weekend and they build like those sort of like right. courts in like a convention yeah, center, yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah. a part of a convention center where yeah, they play, yeah. but uh, it has that sort of feel to it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it works, and and the crowd was into it, and they're winning the the dream with they uh, are. with Howard, their number one pick. Good time. Let's go out. Let's get the uh, the entire crew, <laughs> No Dunks crew, out to a to a dream game. We should really look into getting uh, courtside seats. Yeah. Put Have... the feet right on the floor. They're not crazy. Yeah. It's like I think they're like a hundred bucks. That's what you were paying for a New Orleans Pelicans ticket early this season, remember? 100 bucks courtside. I do remember. Yeah. I do remember. Anyway, we should get out there. Yeah, it was a good time. All right, let's call it there. Email in your NBA questions to nodunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. And if you want some nodunks merch, I'm looking around. I guess JD has uh, some nodunks merch on. I don't think you can buy that shirt in the nodunks store. But anyway, go to nodunks.com. That's our... Uh, uh, yeah, sort Chicago. of our Chicago All-Star Weekend yeah, um, that's right. uh, limited edition shirt there that JD's rocking. You can't snooze. you got to jump on merch oh. when it comes out because you never know when it's going to go away. That's right. That's right. Uh, got some uh, Celtics-inspired finals yes. wedgie gear available at nodunks.com. Okay, you guys are leaving tomorrow for Boston, but, yes. you're, but you're here in the Classic Factory with the with the crew until that's the flight? Right. Okay. That's right, yeah. You're going to make it in time? Hope so. Don't have to do a quick show? You have time to get your pizza? Yeah, well, yes, hopefully. There's hopefully. no rules in an airport, as Trey always says. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm gonna eat a big old Chipotle burrito. Oh, right we go that's leave. huge! The biggest one they can make. <laughs> you better All hope beans. they can smoke on that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna buy a pack. <laughs> I have duty free. I gotta buy a carton. Can't buy a pack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, until tomorrow here in the Classic Factory, you guys have a great day, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, here's a little bit of a callback on a callback. We talked about Chuck D's tweet about Draymond Green. It's like he's putting his head in the lion's mouth nine times out of ten. What is the lion going to do? But maybe Draymond Green watched our show on Friday where we were talking about the the potions that you could take, the options. Never need sleep. Speak every language. All felines like you upon meeting you. Maybe Draymond Green has had that potion and the lion will never bite him. Cool story. I was wondering how you are going to get there. You got there, my man. I drove. I got there. I drove my Mack truck. (laughs) Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.